confidence isn't a genetic thing. It's something that you can control. Self-love isn't genetic. It's you taking control of your mind, your thoughts, and your emotions and owning and owning that and taking responsibility for it. Hi guys, we're your hosts, Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hi friends, we are officially in full-fledged summer mode and we could not be happier about it. Oh my gosh, with the hotter weather finally here and Canada opening up and Vax Girl summer in full swing, there's just so much good energy and hope again. And I am, I'm just so happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. It's, it's just so nice. But also summer can just be a triggering time for a lot of people. And with the world reopening, we've talked to a lot of people who are just a little anxious to reenter society when they aren't feeling their best. So today we wanted to tackle something that is so important to us and that can honestly be a lifelong journey. And that is self-love and self-acceptance. So we called in body positivity activist and the queen of confidence, Roxy Earl. She chatted with us because we're on a mission to help everybody, including ourselves, develop the single most important relationship we're ever going to have, the one with ourselves. And honestly, that requires a lot of unconditional self-love, compassion for ourselves, and some helpful tools to get us out of just those negative spirals when we're really struggling with our self-esteem or body image. And I mean, this is something both Jill and I have gone through, so we're, we're talking to you from experience, and this episode yeah. has really helped us in... I don't know. I feel different from it. I really do. I do too. Sometimes you just get those light bulb moments where you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. And like, why have I been falling into these patterns? And it, it was definitely just a light switch moment for me. A lot of, a lot of the takeaways from this episode. So we really hope it helps you guys too. And it sounds like people do kind of need this extra mm-hmm. help because we pulled everyone on Instagram about how you're feeling in terms of confidence and self-acceptance and we're definitely not alone in battling all of this shit. 91% of you said that you struggle with negative self-talk which we definitely understand because we can totally be our own worst critics and bullies and that's that's a tough thing to try to conquer and get over. Totally. And for 76% of you, summer triggers your insecurities, while 77% of you are feeling anxious about re-emerging from these lockdowns with all the physical and mental changes we've all gone through. Yep. And in the Dove Global Beauty and Confidence Report, which was commissioned by Dove in 2016, it was revealed that worldwide, when girls don't feel good about the way they look, 8 in 10 will opt out of important life activities, like hanging out with their friends or loved ones. But... Guys, we are really hoping that this episode and just some inspiration from Roxy, you won't be canceling any fun summer plans this summer. Yeah. Get out there. Wear the damn shorts. This is yes. this is our summer. Wear the damn shorts. Okay. Let's get into it. So cultivating a positive, loving relationship with ourselves is probably the most important thing, like the single most important thing that we can do for our own happiness. Mm-hmm. But nobody teaches us how to do that. Like we're all just trying to figure it out, but having that relationship with yourself isn't something that any of us really have experience in honing in a a really productive way. And struggling with like these difficult emotions of self-hate is 
probably one of the leading factors of unhappiness that I've personally noticed amongst my friend groups and the people I'm closest with. So healing these negative narratives that we might have about ourselves can seem really, really tough. But just one example of something that really helped me with this is one of Roxy's confidence theory talks. And she, you can find them on Instagram. They are so, so great. They're such good, like pump up pep talks. And so she reminds us that the first step towards stopping these negative narratives we have about ourselves can be so simple. It's just deciding that today is the day you stop hating yourself. Mm. And that can be a huge mindset shift that can take a lot of time, a lot of inner work, some therapy. But just that decision that starting right now, you are no longer going to bully yourself. You are going to actively practice loving yourself That is the most important and the very first step on the journey to self-love. And you can decide that literally right now. No more self-hate. No more bullying. No more. I love that so much. And I think a really big part of committing to that decision is just realizing that self-love is so much more powerful for a happy life than self-hate is. Like we've seen, we've probably Mm -hmm. all seen this a bunch on social media and, and we talk about it in this interview, but you can't hate yourself into a body that you love. And I think that's just so yeah. important to remember. So you just can't operate from yeah. that place of punishment or dis- dislike and just expect that a positive life or a positive, you know, outlook on your body is going to happen. It's got to come from love. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you use hate as fuel in any aspect of your life, you're not going to get good results from that. And another thing that's actually like really empowering to realize is that confidence, which plays such a huge role in how we perceive ourselves, how we feel about ourselves. It's a behavior that you can learn and practice and work on. Like Mm -hmm. some people just seem so magically confident. They can just light up an entire room when they walk in, but they weren't born with that. Like that's something that they worked on. And it is something that all of us can develop and we can practice it and you are capable of being confident just gotta add it to your like daily repertoire of things you do every day like brushing your teeth and saying lovely nice confidence boosting things to yourself so we asked you guys on instagram what helps you with confidence and some of your answers were the best so we're gonna share them so good (laughs) so someone said working out and appreciating the strength and capabilities of their body love that a perfect fitting mm-hmm. outfit and just buying clothes that actually fit post COVID walking around yeah. naked to get more comfortable in her body. That is like, I'm going to do that tonight. That's happening. It's so good. Lucky Gabe. <laughs> um, <laughs> surrounding, <laughs> I know, there you go. Surrounding yourself with supportive friends. I mean, I love that one. That helps me a lot. Being around you has honestly been really good for me over the past Dude. few years, just in terms of my confidence. No, it has because when you're around people that promote, self-love and are empowering to you and raise you up and also treat themselves well it's contagious so brb crying i love you you make me feel really (laughs) good too too. you gotta have some good good girls in your life another dm that someone sent us about this which i loved direct quote is acknowledging that i need balance more than perfection that is gold so good i've needed to hear that for years so that was really really powerful Another one that someone sent us was reminding myself that I have a great family, great friends, and an amazing body that's healthy. And that all boils down to gratitude, Mm. which is a huge part of today's episode. So keep listening to our interview with Roxy to hear more about the power of perspective and gratitude in reframing our relationships with ourselves. And there's a lot of other strategies that have really helped us cultivate more self-love. And we're going to run through some of the ones that have really worked well for us. The number one thing that I've noticed that has changed in the past few years for me, this sounds so simple, but changing up your social feeds to reflect 
yeah. how you want to see the world and how you see yourself. Like do an audit. Who are you following? Are you following and surrounding yourself with people that make you feel like shit about yourself? Because 77% of you in our polls said that social media and filters and Instagram make you feel like shit and that they harm your self-image. And 23% of you did feel that it's actually been really helpful. And I feel like I've switched from that 77 to that 23 because for years it made me feel awful. I would fall into comparison. I just mm-hmm. saw people that were unattainable and and that I could never be. And I felt like I just wasn't measuring up. It was like a very toxic feeling. Yeah. And now through even just starting like our, our podcast Instagram, we follow such positive body positive, inspiring mm-hmm. women on that. I don't even use my own account me neither. anymore, I don't to be either. honest, because <laughs> I log on to the Teach Me How to Adult podcast account and it is seeing real people addressing real things and being like, hey, guess what? We have stretch marks, we have cellulite, we have body hair, we have all of these things that are completely normal and that's okay. Let's normalize it. Yeah. Let's go live our lives and let's never let our appearance hold us back from doing anything. So that has really just surrounding myself with that kind of content and those kinds of people has been really impactful for me and if you're looking for some great people and resources to follow right now in your feed (laughs) get lizzo get at own it babe at birds papaya who is just so incredible we're such big fans of her mary's cup of tea she's so so great mick zazon kenzie brenna and of course roxy earl and we will link all of those people in the show notes so that you guys can just absorb all of the great messages and inspiration that they share love them all Another key thing is instead of focusing on what you feel you don't have, practice focusing on and just emphasizing the qualities that you are proud of and just play those up, Mm -hmm. like celebrate them daily. So whether you're like a great conversationalist or a great listener, or you're like really good at a sport, or you're just known for being compassionate or I don't know, you've got like hella good hair, just define yourself by what you love about yourself, not about what you don't have. That is such a such an important one because I was doing I realized that I really needed to work on that probably a year ago when I had to fill out this form like this online form to work with a career coach and they were like what are you most proud of about yourself what do you love the most about yourself and I just had a crisis I was like there was a section on where you could be critical about yourself or talk about things you wanted to improve and I had a (laughs) field day but when it came time to really like there's things that I've been involved in that I'm proud of But when you actually hone in on like what about yourself, like what elements of who you are, not things around you Mm. in the world, but like yourself, that was really hard for me to to nail down. So then I I had a crisis, as one does, (laughs) got bangs, did the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) But then I I actually spent time thinking about that and I wrote it down and I got like my morning pages and started to realize like I need to work on this and find things that I'm really proud of. You can spin things too. Like I used to think it was such a flaw that I was really, really sensitive. Mm. And now I think it's like a superpower that I'm very attuned to people's emotions and very compassionate. So if you're putting yourself down about something, reframe it, re-examine it. I love that. That was one for me too. I used to be critical about myself for being too sensitive and caring too much. And I'm like, that's like my superpower. Like I love that about, that's probably why my friends like me because I actually like give a shit about them. Like way more than like a lot of people would probably so another hot tip that helps both of us is getting clothes that we feel good in so uh some news i am pregnant right now 
<laughs> haven't told anybody yet. Yeah. Shan coming at you. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. She's. I'm having a baby girl and she's due in November and I'm so excited. So right now getting clothes that I feel good in is so key because I did try at the beginning to just wear my non-maternity clothes for as long as I could and that wasn't doing anything good for my ego. Showing <laughs> off the bump now in some like comfy form-fitting dresses has been helpful or just like high-waisted leggings or biker shorts with the oversized tee trend. Super into that right now. And then like straight mm-hmm. up getting some good underwear that like actually fits because everything's growing. Everything is growing width-wise yeah. and it is not fitting the way they used to. So the girls need some support. I bought everything from NYX. I'm just going to plug them. Not sponsored, but oh my God. Next underwear, next bras, ladies, they'll change your life. They're the best. That's such a key one, especially, I mean, for whatever you're going through, but especially mm-hmm. just investing in clothes you can feel good in while your body is, is changing drastically, whether that's just through life or whether that's because you're having a baby. So I'm so glad you did that because we talk about this with Roxy, but we were not made to fit ourselves into clothes. Clothes are made to fit us. So like yes. we just need to stop trying to do that. And that's been a huge, that was one of my biggest wake up calls this year in terms of like getting clothes that you feel good in. I just was clothes weren't fitting me like halfway through the pandemic. Like I couldn't, I couldn't wear the jeans that I've been wearing and I was taking it so personally and mm. so poorly. It's just something to cover up your cooch. Like, <laughs> who cares? Like, why am I making this define me? And oh so just like, abandoning the idea of sizes and not making it a thing when I went in and got a bigger size or just going to a store and being like hey I'm gonna get what I think I might be and then also two more sizes so that I don't have to be upset when I have to ask for a different one and then just disassociating the number doesn't matter you can go to five different stores and be five different sizes none of it matters like we really don't need to be associating our our worth with a number when you kind of bird's eye view it like you said like it's just a pair of pants covering my cooch like that is so key I'm gonna I'm gonna do that next time I'm trying something on that doesn't fit I'm gonna be like you know what it's just a cooch cover write it down <laughs> it's just a cooch hashtag cover. cooch cover that's our new thing and in general just taking to your point a bit of a bird's eye view on things because it's really easy in the moment to spiral mm-hmm. I'm like the queen of spiraling down and just Honestly, the last time I went to like an outdoor beach gathering, I had an absolute fucking crisis, like a crisis. And I just spiraled. The problem was like we all have those those anxious feelings sometimes and those that kind of feeling of dread when we don't really want to go do something. But I fed into it like I really entertained it and sunk into it and lived there instead of like leaning into reason and logic and perspective. Now, looking back after this episode, I would be like, it literally doesn't matter if you have gained a bit of weight or it literally doesn't matter what type of bathing suit you wear or if you're bloated that day. What matters is are you connecting well with people? Are you having fun? Are you bringing your happiest self to the table? Like there's so many other things that matter, but I just, I couldn't zoom out and I got so, I just kind of ruined the whole thing for me and I don't want that to happen again. And that was just a turning point for me where I realized, wow, if this goes unchecked, it's really easy to just ruin an entire summer, an entire life. Right. Like birds papaya is like the perfect example of this that you can just go check her out on Instagram. And she always says like, don't, miss all of these memories you could have with your family and your friends and your loved ones like don't stay inside when everyone's in the pool don't sit on the sidelines like you have to make these mindset shifts otherwise you're going to miss out on so much so countering that negative inner critic for me and figuring out how to get out of those negative spirals has just been really important 
And I mean, sometimes you got to kind of like hit that rock bottom spiral to realize that you're in it. So I'm, I'm proud of you for like, you made it out and now, you know, and you're just going to grow from it. It's all a learning opportunity, right? It is. It's true. It's true. I love what you said about Birds of Pie with her post about missing out on swimming with your kids in the pool or or it was something like that. I remember seeing that and just being like, oh my God, that's going to be me. Like if I just keep acting the way that I'm acting towards myself right now, that's going to be me with, with my baby in like three years. And I am, that is not happening. I've, I have said no to that. I had my turning point maybe about like a month ago. Cause just in my first trimester, I had no energy. That was my, my biggest symptom. I was just so tired. So working out was not a thing. I didn't really want to eat very much other than like pumpernickel bagels and like bread and like carbs, <laughs> you know, the good stuff. Yeah. So obviously I, yeah. I wasn't feeling my best. And like, you know that, like, I remember I was always talking to you about like, I'm just like feeling so crappy and my body's changing and like, what is happening? And I mean, it's changing because I'm like creating a life. And it took me literally five months into my pregnancy to understand that and respect that and appreciate that. Mm. And I think it took like, I think it was Gabe. It was kind of the turning point one night. He was just like, hey, you have been saying like really nasty things about yourself. And he was like, that's my wife you're talking about. You don't need to be hard on yourself. Like what you're doing is like a miracle. I should be, honestly, it goes back to Roxy and gratitude. I should just be grateful I'm able to do this and I can have a baby. Like it's a, that's a hard thing for a lot of people. I don't know, something about that day, I just realized like I'm done. I don't want to live a life where I am just shitting on myself, especially because my baby, like the first, you know, kind of image she's going to have of a woman and confidence and like relationship with food and relationship with working out is going to be through me. And if I'm not leading by example, like I'm setting her up for failure. And that's like the worst parenting thing I could ever do to her. So I don't know. I I have a different purpose. It's kind of like outside of me now, but I'm just focusing on like health. I was almost ashamed because like the first bit of my pregnancy, I was breaking out and I was like gaining weight. And I was like, oh God, I'm like, I hate this. And then now I'm like, yeah. no, you idiot. Like, sorry, self-love. No, you beautiful soul. <laughs> but it's hard because those are natural. I feel like those are natural feelings to have. And I can only imagine I will feel frustrated that these changes are happening. Like you work your entire life to like maintain like a body that you're used to having and then all of a sudden everything changes and it's out of your control like that's got to be overwhelming and so I don't think anyone should feel shame for being overwhelmed or for being like just kind of panicking a bit about it but I'm really 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 proud of you and really happy that you've had that shift because like it's okay to have those days where you're like wow this sucks like it just sucks (laughs) that like women kind of have to go through this overall and just like yeah have to have all these changes that like aren't always pleasant and like this is bullshit but then to be able to move through that and move to the point where you're like but you know what it's fucking worth it and I am still beautiful and I'm making a life like that's that's healthy and that's okay so like you know, we can't be mean to ourselves about having difficult negative emotions. We just need to find our way to the other side totally as, like, productively as we can. And that's what you're doing. Man, thanks for being so vulnerable about that too, because I bet every, almost every woman out there who is pregnant or who has just given birth and is dealing with like the postpartum aftermath, like they're probably all feeling the same way as you and hearing people talk about it is is just so such a relief and just normalizes it and we all need that and I'm like very grateful for the people who've like paved the way for us to talk about all this shit openly so 
Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm giving all credit to Birds Papaya and Roxy. Like the the two of them are like just my oh yeah guiding lights right now. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people can even relate to all of that through the pandemic because. I mean, the pandemic fucked with me. Like, you know, I gained a bunch of weight, wasn't moving around much, just wasn't feeling like myself. The things that were like the staples in making me feel good, like going to Studio Legree every week and just all of those yeah. staples, even just like having a reason to get dressed up and go out into the world and like feel yourself and feel sexy. All of those things got taken mm-hmm. away. And I just, it it hit me and I felt like really badly about myself. I just wanted to hide. I, honestly, I'm ashamed of this. But at one point when I hadn't seen someone, one of my friends for like a really long time, and then I planned to go for a walk with them, I like warned them in advance. I was just like, oh, I probably look a little different, but just like, sure. don't mind me. I'm like, I'm like, who does that? What's wrong with me? I wouldn't do that now. But I was just so in such a strange headspace and like, what a ridiculous thing to apologize for like the elasticity of our bodies and our minds and our abilities (laughs) to change and survive and like that's just ridiculous so I will never ever again apologize for myself in that regard um it was a low moment but again will catapult us to new heights and Mm -hmm. now I I genuinely feel that instead of focusing on like getting smaller or being how I was before because realistically in the before times I probably didn't love myself either so it's not about that it's not about hitting a target I just want to feel happy and healthy in myself so the goals and the mindset has shifted now that we're kind of on the other side and I'm trying to come out a bit healthier it's like went into the pandemic being like I'm gonna get a six-pack like I'm gonna be just like an iron man by the end of this pandemic and now I'm like man (laughs) I just want to come out of the other side just feeling good in myself and about myself. That's the most important thing I could do. It's also just a lot about respecting yourself. So even when I can't always love myself in the moment, like, can I respect myself? Because I deserve respect. We all deserve respect. And so that's that's also a big shift because it's not always easy to just find love right at the surface, but you have to have a baseline of self-respect. I love that. So... This is basically your sign to embrace yourself as you are and just find love and appreciation for yourself and just stop standing in the sidelines of your own life. Like like you said, respect yeah. yourself. You deserve to live a full, happy life and not hide because of you know, the, the thoughts that you're thinking about yourself that no one else is thinking. Truly, no one else is thinking. Mm-hmm. No one else minds these insecurities that you're focusing on but you. And if someone does, then you, they can fuck right off. That person is not for you. <laughs> Like, bye. <laughs> they can fuck right like, off. You're, you're gone. That person is not for you. See you later. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't agree more. But we, of course, are not the experts. So we called in Roxy Earl. Roxy is a former marketing professional turned model, entrepreneur, body positivity activist. And you might have seen her on TV as a star on Real Housewives of Toronto. She's pretty much done it all. Her mission is to bring empowerment to women of all shapes and sizes. She started the hashtag My Size Rocks movement, which is just a huge positive community online. It's super inspiring, which advocates that confidence is not a one size fits all and it is for absolutely everyone. So she encourages women to rock their size no matter what it is. And she does it as a total badass. She's worked with brands like NYX, H&M, Le Chateau, and Joe Fresh to bring more inclusive sizing and styles to their stores. She's even the first person to include sizes 0 to 22 in Canadian retail stores, which is like seriously impressive. 
So cool. Yeah. She also has the Ana app, which is launching very soon, which is a tool that helps to increase positivity and confidence while also optimizing your health. She talks a lot more about it in this episode, and it honestly sounds incredible. Like, this is a game changer app. I'm so excited to use it. Yeah. We will link it as soon as it's available. And we just felt so inspired after a chat with Roxy. I think you guys are going to really love this one. Teach us how to love ourselves more, Roxy. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us, Roxy. We are huge fans of yours. And we just kind of wanted to kick things off and just start with how the My Size Rocks movement came to fruition. Okay, sure. Yeah. Well, thank you first for having me. And it never gets old when people say they're huge fans of your work. It's so awesome. Because it means the work you're doing is connecting with women in a real way, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. Everybody thinks... Like I had some master plan or strategy that I like dreamed up in a corporate room and it couldn't be more of the opposite. It was born out of a real raw moment. I was sitting in an interview. The television show I was on had just come out and everyone kept on referring to me as the first plus size this Mm. or a plus size that or you're so groundbreaking because you're plus size. And I have to tell you that I never identified as, I mean, at the time I was like a curvaceous 12 and I obviously was aware that my body was curvy and it was different than the other women in my social circles and different than other women I see on TV. I never identified as plus size. It's just, I had never shopped in a plus size store. I'd certainly struggled with clothing fitting. So maybe I should have shopped in a plus size store. I just really didn't identify that way. It was like, I was just my size. I thought I was pretty fabulous. I made clothes work. And I, in my mind, it was just always a struggle to make clothes work. So it wasn't some category that I was in. It was just hard for me to find clothes. Yeah. And I was in an interview and somebody says, how does it feel to be the first plus size this? And I turned to her, I said, I am not plus size. I am my size and my size rocks because I wanted to take back the ownership over this conversation and this narrative that was being formed about me and my body. And that the fact that my body was somehow the revolutionary thing about me, Hmm. there was this judgment and this worth and this placement of this label on me. And with having that label, it's like, oh, you're really pretty for a plus size model. She's great for a plus size model. She's a She's the first plus size this. And I was like, I'm exactly the same as every other girl. Yeah. I don't need to be in a different category. It was like they were diminishing my accomplishments by calling me that or making it that I wasn't like part of everybody else. It made me feel excluded and I just didn't like it. And so that's where it was born from. I said to her, stop calling me plus size. I am my size <laughs> and my size rocks. So leave me alone. Absolutely. And then I went on Instagram and I like was said that. And then I hashtagged it and a movement was born. And it's amazing. It's this incredible thing has born out of it of women all over the world who feel like they're a part of something where they're taking back ownership over their body, over like celebrating the skin they live in and the size they are. And I think I gave a lot of women permission to love themselves who didn't formally feel that they could. Mm -hmm. You know, we see a lot of, maybe if we do see plus size women in the media, 
we don't usually see them in roles where they're wearing high fashion, where they're part of a certain group. We certainly don't see them in luxury. And so I sort of represented something that I think a lot of women at home were looking for, which was a luxurious, sophisticated woman who also was fabulous and successful. I'm saying these things about myself, but I mean more like how it was projected on TV. They're seeing all that. Right. And it was the first time the, the big girl wasn't the joke. Mm. And, and, I, and I just think women really identified with a woman owning who she was at her size. Yeah. And I love what you said about taking back the narrative too, right? Like you were getting all these labels thrown on you that you didn't ask for and you don't represent and that's not what you're about. So I love that you took that ownership back and then not only made it into a platform for other women to, you know, take their story in their own hands. I didn't like being labeled something that I didn't identify as like, because I don't ever want to be identified as from my body. Like, you know, I don't call slim actresses slim size models right. or slim size actresses. Totally. Now, that being said, there was women across the plus size community who were living in curvier bodies who were really connected to the fact that I represent them. And I, I, I took that responsibility seriously. So I don't want to diminish that women identify with that and want to be a mm -hmm. part of it. I was just, I don't want to be labeled because of my body. Right. So... What was your journey to self-love and self-acceptance like? And were you always this confident? Or if not, how did you cultivate this confidence that you have? I don't think anybody is always this confident. I think like that's a misconception that confidence is something people are born with. I think confidence is a teachable skill that you learn just like you train your muscles, you train your mind. And I think that people who are confident work at being confident. And I've, I've literally turned this into a theory, the confidence theory, because I feel that passionately about the fact that confidence is something you can teach. And so I do things every day and I have habits and practices. I call them like my positivity practices that I do in the morning that I do on a daily basis that help me feel good. I've even so far as turned those into an app that is launching in the next few weeks, the Ana app. And Anna is a tool that allows and teaches women how to feel positive and feel happy every day and have a better mindset. It's a mindset tool that is synced and informed by a woman's health, particularly her cycle health. Oh. And so I think like those are the two sides of what make a woman feel good is you can get control of your mind and have um, a positive mindset and a confident mindset but unless you also have an understanding of your health and how your body makes you feel, then you can't truly be happy. And I think you can't truly be happy unless your body feels good. So it's, it's all about those two things in sync and how they work together. So my app, the Ana app, you can Google it, launches pretty soon. Congrats. So yeah, I, I definitely do things I do. It's been a journey and my journey is reflected in this tool that I've created. It's a digital extension of my size rocks of the confidence theory of the work that I do and it's something that women can have in their pocket every day to help them feel as confident and happy as I do because it's certainly been a journey and I believe it's something that can be taught learned and achieved by anybody that's so fascinating to link it to like our physiology because I find even understanding what's going on with me my mood my body how my body's changing throughout the month throughout the year when you understand what's going on, 
you can like name it scientifically and disassociate it a bit more from like an emotion. Yeah, like on attracts your mood, your movement, and your mindset on a daily basis. So if in three months from now, after using Ana, you might learn that on the 11th day of your cycle every month, you wake up really moody and grumpy. So if it knows that, then it can tell you, you know, you typically feel this way this day. Don't worry, it's normal. And here's some things you can do, some positivity practices to combat that. So it's a tool that makes us feel a little less out of control like it gives you control over your minds and when you realize that you can control that it's pretty powerful love that when do you feel like you honed in on your own confidence like when did you really start to like embrace that and practice that i've been confident for a long time but because confidence has always served me in life. It's been like one of those defining things that has really contributed to my success, both professionally and personally. And so I learned young in my 20s that my confidence was going to be, was sort of like my magic sauce. But I started understanding the power of my confidence in my early 20s. Wow. Wish I had learned that in my early 20s. (laughs) Yeah, I really have to say it is... It was truly unique to be a woman, a young woman professionally that confident. It accelerated my career, got me promotions. I had a pretty big career before this in marketing, and I worked in different parts of the world for American Express and for their agency, Ogilvy. And I would say I was pretty young in the roles that I was in, and I think it was just because I I was confident. I like had the guts to go up and ask people for what I wanted. And I also had the guts to stand up in a room and own it. And that I learned can be very valuable very quickly. And so I kept practicing it. I love that. I feel like a lot of us kind of struggle with that negative self-talk, which can really hinder our confidence. And honestly, we're really our, our own worst critics. So how do you think people can sort of combat that inner critic with like self-compassion and confidence? And, and how do you practice that sort of self, positive self-talk on a daily basis? Like I said, confidence isn't a genetic thing. It's something that you can control. Self-love isn't genetic. It's you taking control of your mm-hmm. mind, your thoughts, and your emotions and owning, and owning that and taking responsibility for it. So when you begin to take responsibility for how you feel, you realize that how people make you feel is something you can control. So when somebody says something to you that might typically tear you down, well, don't let them tear you down. I don't let people tear me down. I Mm -hmm. own who I am and I own control. I I always say, don't lease out your self-worth. Why would you give your self-worth to somebody else to own control and value you? Own that. And when you do, you have a sense of control over how you feel. And when you start taking control of how you talk to yourself, Positive self-talk, it's actually in the Ana app. To, there's guided positive self-talk to teach you how to talk to yourself in the mirror and how you talk to yourself. Because honestly, often people are their own biggest bullies. They're the ones critiquing themselves. They're yeah. the ones bullying themselves all the time in their mind. You need to change the way that you speak to yourself and take responsibility for it. I'm very much, a, very much an accountability person. Yeah, for sure. I was watching one of your Confidence Theory videos And I think one of your um, audience members had written to you and said, like, I can't I can't stop saying nasty things to myself. And 
I really loved your response and that like it starts with just deciding that today is the day that you stop bullying yourself because I mean the shit that I've said about myself and to myself over the past 10 15 years isn't like I would never speak to someone else that way and we internalize that like it's yeah that's it and I think a lot of women don't have that realization until they actually have daughters and children who are listening to them speak to themselves they're like I don't want my daughter to think this way well where do you think she's learning the behavior she's watching you talk about yourself that way to your partner in the mirror when you're in a clothing store when you're in the grocery store choosing what to eat when you're at the dinner table so A lot of people don't make that realization of how important it is that they love themselves until they realize there's a reflection of someone mirroring how they speak to themselves. So I love for women to understand that earlier in their life and take control of it earlier in their life. But I very much always tell women that like, there's nothing from stopping you from today being the day you decide to not hate yourself anymore. Why can't it be today? Yeah. Like it's never too late to change. And so I don't care if you're in your 70s, your 60s, you're 21, you're 16. You can decide and then make a conscious choice and practice things to combat negative thoughts about yourself. When I look in the mirror, I don't look in the mirror and see or think negative things because I've taught myself not to. Right. It is a practice. practice. It's like you exercise your leg muscles, you exercise your mind and your confidence and your mindset and your happiness. These are things you work at, like positive, happy people work hard. (laughs) Yeah. And if we can decide to like go to bed a bit earlier so that we can sleep better. And if we can decide that we want to like budget our money a bit better, why can't we decide also to like stop bullying ourselves? Like it's, you know, it's kind of the same process. Every morning my fiance and I go over our morning gratitudes together. It's not that we're both not busy. It's not Mm -hmm. that we don't have anything else to do. It's that we prioritize our mindset and we lead big lives. We're running big companies. We have to feel good and we have to lead our team and they have to believe in us and that takes work. So we wake up a little bit earlier. We do the things we need to do. We take the time to work out in the morning and do our gratitudes. And like, those are choices we make because we consciously believe about the importance of feeling positive. So you've been super active in pushing women to feel their best and and to feel, you know, at home in their bodies. But you've also been pushing a lot of fashion brands to be more inclusive. And you've done amazing collaborations and designs with Joe Fresh and H&M. So what motivated you to do that? And how important do you think seeing like representation and diversity in the fashion industry is nowadays? I think representation is important on all fronts. If you don't see it, you can't believe it. If you don't see it, you can't dream of it. And I think it's really important to see yourself in fashion, in positions of power, in political positions of power, in the business world. Like you need to see what you want to become. And if it's never seen, you can never believe it. It's too far of a stretch. So I do think representation is really important to inspire people to feel and be and feel that that can be them. I also think that the fashion piece is, it was quite simple. It was like, I'm telling women to feel very good. And I'm saying, go out there and feel confident and slay your meeting. Well, how can she go slay her meeting if she can't even find an appropriate work dress that does up and fits her? Like if she physically does not have a blazer that covers her bust and that she doesn't feel uncomfortable in, then how can I also tell her to go be confident? We need to be comfortable to be confident. 
we need clothes that fit so that we can mm -hmm. go out in the world and rock it. So the, the clothes is just another tactic for the confidence. That's why I did it. And I push brands to be inclusive because they can and because it's important and because I've been the girl who's been in the change room where nothing fit. And it's demoralizing, humiliating, and it batters your ego and self-esteem. I have really high self-esteem, but I know that there's a girl standing in that change room that when nothing fits her, that's what triggers her eating disorder or her self-hate or her self-harm. Not everyone's that tough. And sometimes those girls are 14 years old. So that's why I do it. Well, fucking thank you for doing it because it, it makes a huge difference. And I'm just really sick of a lifetime of feeling like we need to fit ourselves into clothes instead of having clothes that just fit totally. us. Totally. It's like, crazy. Clothes, single purpose, are to fit us. It's ridiculous. How much time have most women listening worried about like finding something to fit themselves into? Yeah, and, the, and the thing that we're for that was really powerful is that it was taking women were missing out on joy. They were not going on vacation. Yes. They were missing out on the trip. They were not jumping into the swimming pool. That's why I made this swimwear line with Joe Fresh. Cause I was like, women can't enjoy summer if they don't have a swimsuit that looks good, fits them, keeps them support yes. and is affordable. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you answered this next one. But for those who are really triggered by summer, by wearing the shorts, by wearing the bathing suits, is there one thing that you haven't said that you would tell them about how to really like embrace the summer and just throw those feelings out the window? Right now, I would say if you've survived the pandemic, that's, a, that's something you should be grateful for. Like a lot of people mm -hmm. have lost the ability to live, lost the ability to move, lost the ability to even go enjoy summer. You know, I speak to women who are paraplegic. I speak to women who are disabled in many ways. And I think if you only knew how much you're taking your body for granted and when you start thinking like that and you start being grateful for your body and its ability to move and what a privilege it is, you begin to realize how silly it would be to miss out on enjoying summer because of your thighs. And every morning, one of my morning gratitudes is I am grateful for my body's ability to move because I feel truly grateful that I woke up and I have my health that day and I'm not going to take it for granted. When you start putting yeah. it into perspective and being and practicing gratitudes, you realize, well, if your health was taken away from you tomorrow, how would you treat your body today? Pretty damn good, I'm guessing. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah I think a lot of it's us true. need to hear that. It's true. Okay. Coming out of quarantine and just everyone so online and obsessed with this like perfection and there's filters now and there's just so many things that are just you know taking us away from reality and portraying the perfect image you pointed out one of your confidence theory talks that these ideas of perfection that everyone's so obsessed with are just so uninteresting so can you kind of talk to us about why imperfection is way more interesting and how you practice that sort of unapologetic acceptance amidst all these crazy narratives that were sort of fed well, if you're sitting down at a dinner party, like, could you imagine talking to somebody whose just life is so perfect? What's interesting about that? I would kick them out. <laughs> like, oh, okay, great. No one can relate to you on earth. Congratulations. You lead a perfect life. Yeah. yeah. When you lead like a perfect life and everything's so perfect, you don't have experiences. And so like, you know, I've led a very, very full and rich and exciting life by design. And because of that, 
it's complicated and messy and beautiful and exciting and all of those things. And it's just so much more interesting. I have so many stories. I have life experiences. I have perspective. I've met interesting people. If your life is perfect, it means you are living in a comfort zone where you are not pushing yourself. You should always be quite nervous about what's happening next. And that means you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. If you're living a perfect life, then your life is a complete boring mess, actually. And then the idea of this perfection when it comes to beauty is really taking years and years and years of people telling us what perfect looks like. So there's a lot to undo there about what the perfect body is, perfect skin, perfect hair. There's a lot we have to undo there because we've been told for a long time what's perfect. And um, the truth mm-hmm. is, is that I want definitely women to realize is that everybody has a different idea of perfect. Everyone has a different idea of beautiful. And I guarantee you there's no one single version of universal beauty. So just embrace yourself. You can't change yourself. The only person who gets to be the best version of you is you. No one can compete with that. (laughs) No one can be a better version of you than you. So be your authentic self Um, and just give it up. It's, It's so boring. Perfect. It's literally so unexciting. Yeah. I've never met anyone interesting and successful who's perfect ever. (laughs) And when it comes to the filters and the body contouring apps and all of that, I think just don't do it, even though it might make you physically feel like you look better in a picture. Don't do it because you actually set up an unrealistic version of yourself that even you can't live up to. Yeah. If you can't even live up to being you, like let alone I'm not trying to be Kylie Jenner, if I can't even be myself... I can't even be as good as myself. <laughs> and then you have to maintain it. It's, it's, it's all just a lie. It's just so much easier to be your true authentic self because no one can fault you for that. They might not like you, but they can't fault you for it. So could you tell us about your journey to finding a balance between like just living your life and then also making conscious decisions that are really healthy and good for you? Because I feel like There's a lot of struggle amongst young women to make healthy choices and have good relationships with food and exercise without going to like a toxic place where it controls you and consumes you. And that is a fine balance that I know I've struggled with. I feel you've spoken about it as well. Is there anything you can share? Yeah, I think it comes from that place of when you decide to love yourself, you love yourself enough to take care of yourself. And your motivations behind why you work out, why you eat a certain way, why you practice self-love, why you take time out for yourself, why self-care is a thing are different. You start working out not to be skinny, but you start working out to be strong. You start working out because Mm -hmm. you love yourself, not because you hate yourself. You cannot hate yourself into your dream body. Um, You can lose weight by hating yourself but you won't be able to feel good unless you love yourself. And so when you start to shift your why and your purpose, taking care of yourself just begins to be something that feels good. And like you're doing it because you love your body, not because you hate your body. You start nourishing yourself, eating foods that are good for you because they make you feel good not eating foods because they're a reward. It's a mindset shift. And when your mind shifts like that, you begin to want to take care of yourself better. It really has to begin with the mind. 
And until you overcome that moment yourself, you will never achieve your goals that you're looking to achieve because they're empty. Because then you might fit into that dress that you like, but there'll be something else you hate about yourself by then. Yeah. That message has helped me a lot by just following Sarah from the Birds Papaya as well. And that was the first time I'd really seen someone like outwardly speak to, hey, I got I got really skinny. I got to the place where I thought I should be and I hated myself more than I ever, ever did before. And I was unhealthy, unwell society may have been like, wow, look how skinny you are. But she speaks so openly about how miserable she was and how much more self-hatred there was as opposed to like radical acceptance, loving herself and then finding a more healthy relationship with food and exercise and all of those things. That messaging is so important for people to see. Yeah, I'm really lucky to call Sarah a friend. I love what you said about it being a mindset shift because I'm I'm currently pregnant with my first baby and it's a baby girl. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'm nervous as hell, but I what's really changed for me is is my mindset around health because I want to make sure that I can show up as a mom. I'm going to be able to, you know, like take care of her, but also that I'm mentally going to teach her the things that she needs to know to, you know, love herself more. Because I want her to be like you, Roxy. I want her to learn early on that she is amazing the way she is. She doesn't need to change for anybody or fit into a box because it took me way too long to learn that. And I think starting now and understanding that now, even before she's like in this world is something I'm really trying to do. So thank you for the reminder that it's a mindset shift because you're totally right. Yeah. It's so like, you know, I think so many women can relate. I spoke about that earlier. A lot of people realize that they don't need to love themselves until they realize there is somebody watching their every move their children until their children mm-hmm. start reflecting their behavior. Yeah. They don't actually become aware of how important it is that they love themselves, especially your daughters and your sons are watching and they're noting and clocking the self-hate and the comments and the relationships that you have with yourself and your mirror and your food and your workouts and your clothes and they're intaking it all. And so it's often, I, I'm, I'm finding that that is like a pivotal moment for a lot of women. They were like, enough is enough. It's one thing for me to hate me, but I can't teach this to my daughter. I can't teach this to my son. And yeah. that's when they're like, I need to get a grip on this yeah. because somebody's watching. And it's not until we have a mirror often that's reflecting our behavior that we begin to change it. And one of the practices I talk about is recording mm-hmm how you speak to yourself in the mirror. Cause I think you'd be so embarrassed to play it to anybody. Why is that? Why is it okay for you to speak to yourself that way? But you wouldn't let anyone ever hear, you wouldn't let anyone speak to you that way. And you wouldn't ever let anyone hear yourself speak mm-hmm. that way. So then why is it okay? Right? That's why I talk about accountability. And that's why I talk about responsibility. When you start being accountable for your own behavior to yourself, when you start taking accountability for your emotions, your feelings, your reactions, your mental health, your confidence and your self-esteem, when you start actually taking responsibility for those things, things can shift. It's a controversial thing because I'm not discounting or discrediting real victims out there of all sorts of types of abuse. Of course, I would never discount the like the power and the possession people have over other people and all of that but at some point we need mm-hmm. to 
own who we are. We all go through bad things. And some people go through horrific things that are not fair to them. But I've spoken to women who have been through horrific things that are not fair to them and they've come out positive. And if they can do it, we can do it because it's a like, at what point does being a victim serve you? It just doesn't serve you. What is the end goal here for everyone to, to feel empathy for me or to feel pity for me? Or is the, it was the end goal to feel good. Like at one point we have to decide this happened to me, but it is not going to let my past Mm -hmm. define my future. I love that so much. That's so true. There's like a whole field right now of positive psychology that's examining how people who have gone through trauma, we typically associated that with really obviously negative things like PTSD, but now they're studying how much exponential growth there is in their EQ, in their self-awareness, in their ability to like move through the world in a more positive way going forward. Because overcoming things really helps with your confidence. When you overcome something, you look back at that and be like, yeah, but I got through that. And that makes me pretty badass. And it all just starts building the blocks to your confidence because you've overcome things, you've triumphed, you've succeeded in the face of adversity. And when you do that, you're like, you feel powerful. So jumping gears a little bit here, a lot of us kind of want to hide when the camera turns on and we're taking pictures with our girlfriends or we're out, but you kill it in photo shoots like you're stunning you're a model you know how to work angles can you give us like the quick and dirty hot tips to showing up your best in a photo and just rocking what you got yeah (laughs) it's all about how you feel on the inside and nothing to do with how you feel on the outside when you glow from the inside people see it people notice it so get happy get feeling good when you feel good people think you you look good just start believing you look good and other people will think you look great. Um, but I was always like the group of, in my group of friends, I'm the big one. And I was always the big one. And who cares? Like, that's I me. Mean. Who cares? Yeah. So you're bigger than your other friends. Who cares? <laughs> Do you think that people don't like big girls? Well, just look at my boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's nothing yeah. to do with your body and it's everything to do with who you are. It's just so silly. It is silly. And it shouldn't feel like this fucking act of like this revolutionary act to just be like, I really like myself. But even just hearing you say that and say, I like my body. I like cram all of these things. I was like, yes, we imagine we all walked through life feeling that way. I love that. They were like, how? Why? Why is she so confident? Why wouldn't I be? Yeah. But I actually am this confident. Like you can't make it up. That's my point is like, you have to actually believe it. Obviously I wake up days and I'm like, oh, it's clothes that mess with your brain. That's why yeah. you buy clothes that fit you. <laughs> Stop trying to squeeze yeah. into things that don't fit. Stop trying to wear clothes that you've had in your closet for years where you're like, that's my skinny outfit. Just own who you are, buy clothes for your actual size, find things that hit your body how you want it and make you feel good. And I promise you, then you're not going to be so stressed about the clothes. So our last question that we'd love to ask our guests is what is one thing that you wish you had been taught in school that you did not learn? Oh my God, everything. (laughs) (laughs) Not the clarinet? Pretty much everything that I've learned. I think it would be amazing if we built into the curriculum about self-love and about the importance of mental health and Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself mentally we learn about like gym class. We learn about nutrition. 
We learn about our physical health, but do we really learn about the importance of self-love and body love and body positivity and mental health? Like, I think we don't learn about the importance of our mental health. And it's just part, like, what we're just expected to be happy and confident and feel good and not have issues. Well, that's just not realistic. So I, it would, I wish that from a young age, we started learning about the importance of, of self-love. Yeah. I would love I that. Too. I think it's massively important. So tell everybody where they can find you, how they can follow along with your journey. Pimp yourself out. It's at Luxurious Roxy on all the platforms and then at the Ana app. So T-H-E-A-N-A-A-P-P. There you have it, friends. We hope this episode inspires you to start loving yourself unconditionally. And if you need any support on your self-love journey, we are here for you. You can follow us on Instagram at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and subscribe to our monthly newsletter where we dish out our fave adulting finds of the month and recap some important lessons from our guests. You can sign up for it at teachmehowtoadult.ca slash newsletter. We really hope you do because that's where you can really stay in touch and see all the great things that we have coming up. We'll leave you with a quote from Roxy's Instagram. Stop waiting for Friday, for summer, for someone to fall in love with you, for life. Happiness is achieved when you stop waiting for it and make the most of the moment you are in now. That's what she said. We We love love you. So there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. And we'd love it if you would share this with your friends by screenshotting the episode and sharing it on social by tagging at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and DM us with any topics or guests you'd like to hear on the show. See you next time. Bye. Bye.